Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. I want to tackle an issue that I've talked about before, so nothing necessarily new. However, an issue where you really can't accuse me of saying, well, Clay, you just, you kind of picked that needle out of a haystack. That doesn't really happen that much. Or if I act in that way, or if I behave in that manner, it's not really going to end up or lead to these sorts of things. I mean, I get it, Clay. You like to rant, you like to rave, but Clay, will you at least fess up that you're probably exaggerating a little bit? No, I am not exaggerating. And there is another another article out there that I stumbled across that really goes to show there are consequences for short-term decisions that are made in the long term. Definitely not a new concept here. That's a big driver. At least it's it's trying to be a driver that I'm, you know, attempting to put in a place where you always got to think about more so the big picture. You can't think about right now or in the very short term, the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, who knows, maybe even in some such situations, the next couple of years. But think about the next 10 years, the next 20 years. What is that decision right now that sure, in the very near term is going to be fun, is going to maybe produce some sort of gratification. But where is that potentially going to put you in the long run? And that's what I want to focus on. So this article is from March 16th. So a couple weeks ago, title, or it comes from CNBC, their personal finance section, title, robocalls about your bills can pour in every day, all day. I should preface it with, I do feel sorry for these people. I mean, believe it or not, I have a heart. Granted, it's it's probably uh maybe I'm a little bit crustier than most, but that's just because I know that it's possible to dig out of situations. I know it's possible to avoid situations, which is really my primary cause here. I mean, yeah, of course I want to motivate you to maybe get out of situations, but if I can motivate and inspire you to just flat out avoid them in the first place, then that is just so much more efficient. So I do feel sorry for these people, but I mean, this is sort of what happens when you don't try to think about the big picture and you make short-term decisions. And short-term decisions that just really aren't that well thought out. So picking up with the article, in the car where Paula Hansen lives, often parked outside a local sheriff's station in Lancaster, California, her phone wouldn't stop ringing. Hansen tried to explain to the employees at Discover Bank all that had happened to her. First, she had been laid off from her job, and then her father fell ill and she moved into his house to take care of him. Shortly after he died, last year Hansen, 62, became homeless. She didn't have the money to tackle the $17,000 in credit card debt that she owed Discover. Still, the calls continued. At first, it was once a day, Hansen said, but then they began to become like three times a day. Eventually, her lawyer said the bank was ringing her five times a day. I do have one question, and I'm just thinking out loud. Perhaps you caught it too. I'm not quite sure how this article is defining homeless because apparently she still has a phone, a cell phone. Now, I won't go as far as to call it a smartphone, but she still apparently has a phone how she got the lawyer, I suppose it could be one of these lawyers that you know only works if they, they win. So I, I, that could explain that. But And then she's sitting where? She's sitting in her car. So I guess that doesn't necessarily mean that she's not homeless, but I don't know where she got this phone from. Who? How are these calls coming into her? 
In an effort to end the calls, Hansen agreed at one point to make a one-time payment of $50 to Discover, though she had less than $200 in a bank account. I have to make sure I have money to eat, she said, but the way they pressure you, they make you feel like you have to do this. Well, you kind of do have to do it. You did use their money. You did borrow their money. Again, I'm not here to judge. I don't, I realize maybe the intent of taking that money was, you know, was noble, was admirable. I'm not implying that you wasted it at all. But when you take the mindset of, and they just make you feel like you have to do it. Well, yeah, you do. You took money from them. That's like you loaning your money to somebody and they come back to you and, and may, let's say they did have noble intentions behind it. And, and let's say you are actually trying to run a for-profit business. You have every right to say, but I loaned you money. I mean, that's very nice of you that you used money for, for, for this, that, and the other. But you loaned me money, which I am entitled to because it was my money that I loaned to you. So I'm not a huge fan of that mentality where they make you feel like you have to do this. Well, you do kind of have to do it because you took their money. So to continue on, more than a quarter of consumers currently receive automated calls about past due bills, according to data provided by CNBC by Umail, a robo-blocking service. For many, the calls are relentless. Some people get hundreds of calls in a single month about a late payment or debt, said Alex. I have no idea how to pronounce your last name, sir. Chief executive of Umail. People often associate the flood of robo-calls with scanners. Yet on one ranking this year of robocallers by volume, eight of the top 10 were seeking a late payment. Although that don't list account uh, for when companies deploy many different phone numbers to reach uh, people. So this, the, the study is actually not quite perfect because it's not accounting for those situations. Again though, I, these are crazy stats. So the first thing that strikes me is apparently there's a lot of people out there that have late payments, but I, you need to realize, again, if I, if I maybe inspire, maybe motivates you, not the right word. If I can scare you into avoiding this stuff in the first place, then A, don't even go into debt. Avoid debt. But if you do, then you better make sure you can pay it off because this is a very real thing. And as technology continues to uh, improve, it's only going to become that much more. It's 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 only going to become that much realer, that much e more efficient. Where if you just have robots that are calling you, then it, it doesn't matter. Think about it from a business perspective. These banks, these credit card companies, these whoever that have loaned you the money, they have put in the money up front to develop software systems, algorithms. So at after that, you know, technology is created they don't have to sit there and pay an employee. They don't have to worry about, well, this employee can only make X amount of calls per hour, and then we have to pay health insurance for that employee, and then we have to uh, you know, pay them, you know, well, there's the worker worker's comp policy. and No, it's a one-time payment for code, for script. And then after that, they just press the button and unleash the hounds, and it becomes efficient and very cost-effective after that upfront cost. Point being, these sorts of calls, I can't say that I'm shocked at all to hear that people are getting that many calls. What was that one set? What they say? Over 100 calls in a month? And again, I don't feel bad for those people. Maybe that makes me jaded. Maybe that, but as somebody that's, a, a, I mean, I don't even think it has to be, a, I was going to say as somebody that's a, a business owner, I don't think you need to be a business owner. If you lend somebody money, 
then in my mind, you have every right to go out and say, hey, these were the terms that we agreed to and you've now passed the, the, the time frame. You owe me money. And if you wanted to knock on that person's door 100 times a day, then I don't, I mean, that might be a little excessive, but I understand where you're coming from. That person is now breaking their agreement with you. So continuing on with the article, and I, I wish this was kind of a video podcast at times, but there is uh, this image in here. And the student loan is just, that is the, the, the student loan, which is nothing new uh, if you follow the headlines or listen to past episodes, but I mean, it has taken off. I don't wanna say the line's gone straight up, but there's a pretty sharp increase in that, you know, in the slope, in the upwards direction. Credit card, believe it or not, has stayed pretty steady. Um, auto loans have increased a little bit, but student loans, essentially in about 2012, 2013, they just have uh, taken off since then. And I've talked plenty about student loans and all that, uh, so I won't go down that rabbit hole here. But we'll pick up with the article. Companies use auto dialers to collect their debts because they're cheap and easy to use. I kind of already talked about that when you put in the money to develop that technology and there you go, said Jeff Hansen, an information technology expert. When he worked at a calling center, Hansen said, get ready, they were dialing more than 1 million people an hour for less than a penny per call. How's that for efficiency? 1 million people an hour, less than one penny. But the way technology works makes it difficult for consumers to stop the calls, he said. You get 10 calls in one day, and on the first call you say, I don't have the money, stop calling. But these automated procedures keep people out of the loop, he said. The dialer has been loaded for the whole day, and so it's going to keep calling you. Employees at Discover come up with the right strategy for each individual who is struggling to make their payments, said Derek uh, Kukaluch, senior manager of public relations at the company. We determine their situation and work with them to find a solution to help them through tough times. Well, I mean, that's at least they're willing to work with you. Tanya Stevens bought a few items, including a washer and dryer back in 2014 from Khan's Home Plus, a furniture store chain headquartered in Texas. So to set the stage here, uh, this person took out debt for a washer and dryer. Don't get me wrong, washers and dryers are great, but to go into debt, for a washer and dryer, can't you find something on Craigslist or somewhere that you don't have to go into debt? I mean, I see lots and lots of washers and dryers. Now, I'm not sitting here saying they're pretty. I'm not saying that they're like crema la creme, top of the line. You're just sitting there at the, the summit of the mountain type washer and dryer. But I mean, they get the job done. Do they get it done absolutely perfectly? Probably not, but do they get the job done? Do they require you to not go into debt? Well, yeah. So, like I said, I'm I'm trying, but Tanya, I'm having a hard time right now feeling sorry for what may or may not come, but let's keep on going. She said she made many of her monthly payments. Well, good, that's what you're obligated to do, but sent them in later than the store wanted. Okay, well, you've broken the terms of your uh, of your contract. Employees of Khan called her morning, noon, and night. Stevens 49 said, I was getting anywhere from five to 11 calls a day, she said. Stevens was pushed over the edge, she said. Think about it. Katanya, what did you just allow yourself to be pushed over the edge for? I get it, yeah, the calls are pushing you over the edge, 
Are, but was that washer and dryer really worth it, Tanya? Was it really worth going into debt for that washer and dryer when you could have gotten a much less prettier one, maybe a little bit less efficient one, but you could have avoided all these calls? I don't I, I don't want to speak for Tanya, but I'm thinking she might agree. Like, yeah, probably it would have been much better avoiding those. But picking back up, Tanya was pushed, or Stevens, so her last name, was pushed over the edge, she said, when she was tending to her dying grandmother. I called them screaming, bawling, let me bury my grandmother, she said. Altogether, Cons called her more than 1,800 times, according to her lawyer. Now, here I get it. I understand how that would be frustrating, and I do feel compassion for Tanya there. Dying gr grandmother, you're trying to bury her, and these calls just keep coming and coming and coming. Listen, I totally understand why you would feel that frustrated, why you would feel... I mean, why you would be screaming, why you would be bawling, I get it. My point is, this is the very real world consequences that you open yourself up to when you take on debt. This, it can happen. Am I saying to you as a listener that if you take, a, if you put that something on your credit card, that all, I'm not saying it, it's for sure gonna get bad. I'm saying you open up the potential. You open up the opportunity for really crappy situations like this to occur. There's, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know, or deny that that was not a crappy situation. That's pretty rough. And I, I, I feel for her there. I, I, I understand. But I mean, it all started because she opened up the door for this very horrible situation to occur. Whereas if she had just gotten a much less washer and dryer that didn't require her to go into debt, well then, I mean, those calls would have never happened in the first place. So just remember that. Life can happen, and sometimes life can be really nasty. I mean, a dying grandmother, you're trying to bury them, and to have this external, I mean, 1,800 times, that's a lot. To pick back up with the article, and this is the, the company's reply back, as standard operating procedure, our team follows all applicable statutes and regulations, only calling customers that have an outstanding debt. And then it goes on, uh, once a payment is arranged, we discontinue customer calls. And I am not going to badmouth cons at all. I mean, 1800 that's a lot, but it, that is their operating procedure. I don't blame them for that operating procedure. They lent her money. She owes them money. They want to get that back. And as they said, and as their spokesperson said, they're only calling customers that have an outstanding debt. Not a debt. If you're, up, if, if you're on pace with your debt, then if you're making your payments on time, they're not going to call you. It's an outstanding debt. Now, I'm totally against just debt in general, but if you are not on time, if you're falling behind, I mean, she admitted up here, uh, she sent them in later. She made many of her monthly payments, but sent them in later than the store wanted. And I, this is what you got to think big picture. You got to have a plan. If, if you are on the verge where there's even a question, there's even a possibility that you may not even be able to send in payments for a washer and dryer on time, then there's a much deeper root cause that's going on in your finances. My guess would be she probably doesn't operate on a budget. My, my guess is she probably has very little idea of where her money is going out. Yes, yeah, she, she, I'm assuming she has a job, so money's coming in, but where is it actually going and all that? I don't think she knows because if, if you're gonna take on a payment for a washer and dryer, and I mean, that's good. I, I, I'm glad that she was trying to make them, but to be sending them then and later, 
uh, you know, than the store. And I, I really don't like how this author put, but sent them in later than the store wanted. No, false. Sent them in later than what she agreed to. The store gave her, this is the payment plan. This is how it's going to work. So yes, that's what the store wanted. That's what the store proposed. That's what the store offered. But that's also what she agreed to. So who is the title of this article? So I won't say her last name. So Annie, I don't know. Not a huge fan of that little writing there. Maybe I'm looking too much into it, but... Uh, what the store wanted. Well, yeah, but what, because she could, the author could have easily as written that as she wasn't sending them into, as to the time schedule she agreed to. So, I mean, you can look at that both ways. So going back down and continuing on with the article, finding themselves under, or finding themselves under President Donald Trump's industry friendly administration, companies are ramping up their debt collection calls, said Billy Pierce Howard, a lawyer at the consumer protection firm in Tampa, Florida, the consumers that call my office and complain about harassment have doubled literally overnight from when Trump was elected, Howard said. And they soon could pick up even more. I don't know, what is the point of this? I guess just to let people know that companies are now allowed to go and get money that they are owed. I don't understand why this is and why the consumer is being protected from who? The only reason I can see a, a, con, a consumer protection now, I understand why, because lawyers like to make money no matter what. And, you know, people play, crying victim, all oh, harassing. What har what harassing? You are not paying what you agreed to pay. So I don't, I don't really understand what is being protected against. Do you? What are they being protected against? Yeah, they're getting a bunch of phone calls. But as far as I'm aware that, you know, we'll use Discover, you know, Discover, the credit card company to not go up and, you know, put a, put a gun and listen, you're going to use our credit card and you're going to take out this debt and you're going to you're going to make that decision so fast you're not going to no 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 you don't get to run it through your budget you don't get to figure out if you can afford it. no 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 you're going to do it right now now in that situation i would agree the consumer deserves some protection but i don't think that's what happened i'm pretty sure that person pulled out that discover credit card and they used it once again but clay it was for and then insert noble intention for admirable intention and that's that's fine that is fine but what is not fine is, and what you got to keep in mind is you are opening up your doors. Personal finance is numbers, for-profit companies. They don't care about your intent. They don't care that you borrowed money to go and do some admirable, admirable thing. Well, my, my, my grandma didn't have enough money, so I had to pay her rent. So I put it on my credit card. Uh, that, that, hey, I'll pat you on the back. That, I, I respect you. You're, 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 you're helping out. But you, you, you know, that, that is a for-profit company. You did make an agreement with them. And if they're gonna come knocking, then I don't understand what gives you the right to go hire a consumer protection attorney because you're technically the one, I mean, really, they should be suing you. You're the one that's breaking your contract. You told them you would pay them back. You are not paying them back per the agreement. So what does, well, I don't, I guess that's why I'm not a lawyer because apparently this is all okay for someone to go and hire a consumer protection lawyer for people that are not making payments in the first place, but I digress. The Federal Communications Commission is in the process of deciding the scope of the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which bans companies from auto-dialing people's cell phones without their permission. Consumer advocates worry the rule will be so thin that most businesses can operate outside of it. Once again, I don't understand, what is the problem here? If a company is owed money, why can't they call your cell phone? The cell phone of the person that owes said company money. What is the, I don't, what are we trying to do here? 
This is just, I'm sorry, maybe I'm a little crusty. Maybe I'm a little rough around the edges, but there needs to be consequences for your action. You don't get to take somebody else's money and then just avoid the consequences of not paying it back. So I am all, let people call your cell phones. Call it as much as you want. I, I don't, I will tell you this, as a, a, within my real estate investing portfolio, when people fall behind, they're gonna be getting text messages. Um, Teresa, my opera, operations manager, she's gonna be hitting them up. I'm gonna be hitting them up through email. Teresa's gonna be calling them. Uh, and they're gonna get hit up because, well, I mean, you're living in one of my properties and per this piece of paper that you signed, now I will, I will work for them. As I tell all um, you know, the people that are in my houses, just communicate with me. That's all I ask. I'm willing to play ball. I'm willing to work with you. I would never you know, uh, foreclose. I would never kick you out um, if, if you're trying and if we can put together a plan together. But you just thinking that you can avoid me or not communicate, which is what this is, right? Well, I don't, the company should not be able to call people's cell phones. Wait, why not? That, those, so that, that's, this stuff is kinda, I'm sure you noticed it in my uh, tone of voice. It just really rubs me the wrong way because you know, at the end of the day, I don't understand why a consumer should be allowed to skirt the, the rules. But the point here being to circle back. These, this is what you are opening yourself up to. Right now, there's some potential regulation where if you're taken out on a loan and if you can't make that loan back, it's looking like the laws and the regulations are shifting to people can now start to just blow up your cell phone with calls and just blow it up as much as they want. Because I mean, that, 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 so I mean, if you're okay with taking that risk, if you're okay with buying that washer and dryer or buying that refrigerator or buying that couch or buying anything, you know, if taking out that loan on that nice car instead of just paying cash for something that's got some rust on it, but hey, at least you're not opening yourself up to the risk of all these other nasty situations. I mean, it's, it's your prerogative. It's up to you. Um, but I, I, I just don't really want, I don't think it's right for you to all of a sudden play the victim card and go hire a consumer protection lawyer because- you're not fulfilling your, your agreements to things. So um, picking back up with the article, businesses argue that they need to be able to contact their past due consumers without facing frivolous lawsuits under the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. I, I, I understand, yeah, I would agree. Frivolous lawsuits because I realize I keep reporting this, but I don't understand any of this. These people owe the company money. Making sure debts are collected are important for the fundamentals of our economy. Yep, I would agree, said Harold Kim, Chief Operating Officer of the U.S. Chamber of Com Commerce's Institute for Legal Reform. The calls also protect consumers, Kim said, often preventing home, home foreclosures and car possessions. Exactly, and that's my point, is in, in a kind of a twisted way, when I am texting my, you know, the people in my houses, when I'm emailing them, when I'm calling them, I'm trying to protect them because if I can communicate with them, then I don't need to call my law firm and be like, yeah, this person has not paid. They are not communicating with me. So we got to go to the next step. I mean, and that's what this person is saying to which I fully agree because I, as a business owner who has a portfolio of real estate, I do the same thing. I'm not blowing up your phone or you know texting you and emailing you because I'm trying to necessarily pressure, pressure, pressure. I just want to communicate. Communicate with me. Let me know what's going on, and let's let, let's figure something out. For many American, for the many Americans in precarious financial situations today, it's easy to fall behind on a bill. The executive director of the National Association of Consumer Advocates, 
We're living in an economy where people don't have a lot of savings and are dependent on credit to buy things. That's a whole new pod, I and mean, that's a whole other podcast episode right in itself. We are living in an economy where people don't have a lot of savings and are dependent on credit to buy things. And like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back to this article and just go through there. But I mean, I look around and I, I know plenty of people that there's a lot of good paying jobs out there. Doesn't I, These jobs, I mean, you might have to get a little dirty for them. You might have to break a sweat, but I'm telling you, there's some pretty good jobs out there. And uh, you know, they don't have a lot of savings. And yet, as uh, somebody that's involved in the stock market quite a bit, for some reason, Apple stock's going up, Netflix stock's going up. You know, a lot of these tech company stocks are going up. And I didn't realize that Apple products were really necessities. I love Apple products. I have an iPhone. I, I was not aware that Netflix was a requirement. I didn't know that that was like a must-have necessity. But I, once again, we'll just move on. But um, I don't know. I think there, I think there might be a reason why people don't have a lot of savings. And I don't think it's necessarily to do with, anyways, the repeated calls worsen their circumstances, he said forcing them to pay their bills out of order. For example, a person might relent to a caller and pay off a credit card bill and then not be able to send in their next rent check. It's not a good financial plan to pay the people who bother you the most, uh, this uh, person said. You need to prioritize those debts based on your needs. Or you just need to avoid the debts in the first place and not buy washer and dryers on a credit card. That too, but I get this guy's point. Well, once you're past that point and you do have all these debts, then I agree, you are making a good point. But that's not really these companies' fault. They want their money, they all want their money. And if you have a whole lot of debt, then that's why you gotta get a plan together. You gotta put together a plan. And it's not on these companies, it's not on their shoulders to like get together, coordinate. Okay, well, why don't you call them first because technically they should pay you off. No, this is a for-profit business. People want their money. And this is, again, circling back. If I can just scare you into avoiding all this in the first place, this is what taking on debt, this is what it opens up to. It opens up to a feeding frenzy because this is what this person is basically saying is it's a feeding frenzy. People don't know what to pay first. They decide to just pay whoever's pressuring them most, but then that throws off this other number. And then all of a sudden that company starts calling them, but they don't have the money because, well, this other company called them first and then they were maybe a little meaner. That's a mess. And it's a mess that can be totally avoided. And most importantly, even if you're in the mess, I promise, I promise it can be totally managed. It can be totally tackled. And this comes from somebody that I've, I've, paid off $163,000 in debt. And I don't mean, well, I suppose I mean for this to turn into a little miniature sales pitch, but this is one of the things I teach in my slab money method. The exact system, the exact process I used to get out of debt and pay off that $163,000. So even if you are to the point where it is a feeding frenzy and you have calls coming in from all over the place and it's just mass chaos, it's okay. There, there's a system, there's a method in place that I use, that I know works, that will get you out of that mess. And this is not just empty words. My entire program, the, the course, comes with a one-year money-back guarantee. One year, not 30 days, not 90 days, not six months, one year. If you do the steps that I outline and teach, you are gonna be able to manage you know, and, and dig out of the hole. But once more, why don't we just avoid the hole in the first place? and life becomes so much easier. 
And then to close out the article, people also describe a, a, a physiological price to these calls. Carl, who asked to use his first name only to protect his privacy. Oh. All right, Carl. I, Carl, like I said, the intent was nice. Carl, like I said, this guy, Lisa last him out, bought his fiance an engagement ring for around $2,500. Listen, I... I, I I get it. That's nice of you, Carl. I'm sure she's wonderful. But here's the, here's here's a secret, and I'm not a relationship person. But if who you are marrying, I, I promise, if she really loves you, if she truly wants to spend the rest of, of of her life with you, she will say, you know what, honey, I don't want you going into debt for a, a ring. That, that's okay. We can we can put it on the back burner. It's it, it's it's okay. I promise you. And here here's a cool thing too. If a girl's like, well, then we're not going to get married if, if you're not willing to go into debt to, to buy, you know, some materialistic item that you put on my finger. You, she ain't the one for you, okay? She is not the one for you. And this goes both ways too. I mean, ladies, if some guy, if you're sitting there and you're saying, hey, no, I, I love you. you. You don't need, I, 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 I like you for just you. I don't need you to, I don't want you to go into debt. And this guy still goes and puts himself into debt so that he can give you some sort of ring. That is a red flag too. Because when you are trying to communicate to him that you do not need to do A, yet he still goes and does A instead of B, which is what you propose of, hey, tie your finger, you know, tie a little string around my finger. That's fine. I, I love, I mean, what, what does that change? I mean, this is just, Oh my goodness. There's another podcast right there, a relationship podcast, but I found that fascinating. And ah, either either this guy thought he needed to, I don't, I'm, whatever. Can, can you like send me an email or something? Am I being too crude here? Or is this just ridiculous that this guy went into debt $2,500 at Sterling Jewelers location in Florida in 2015? Shortly and again, now this is where things gets, life happens. Life gets crappy. But when you take on debt, especially for stuff that's not even needed, this is what you can open yourself up to because this sucks. I'll admit that. Shortly after his grandfather was diagnosed with cancer and Carl took a leave from his job to visit him in New York, his employer didn't offer paid time off and Carl soon fell behind on his debts, including his $120 monthly bill for the ring. The calls from Sterling Jewelry began almost immediately, he said. There were times when they would call me nine or ten times a day, Carl, 36, said. I told them what was going on, and the call still came. According to Carl's lawyer, uh, the company called him more than 1,300 times. It makes you feel like less of a person, he said. And, uh, okay, David uh, Buffard Vice President of Corporate Affairs at Signet, so the jeweler, the global parent of company Sterling's Jewelers, said the policies are designed to make sure our customers are treated with respect and fairness. And I, this article, the article ends like this: We comply with our legal and ethical obligations, which is, hey, you legally, you 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 told it, we, I mean, you borrowed twenty five hundred dollars from us. We gave you this ring. You said you would pay us back. And again, I, I'm not trying to sound cruel because it's a crappy situation. And I, I Carl, that, that was great that you um, wanted to go and visit your grandfather and all that. But I mean, 
you you have these debts, buddy. You ha- you have these debts that need to be paid up, paid off. And if your employer is not offering you paid time off, then like I said, crappy crappy circumstances and situation that are all being developed, that are all derived from the fact that you took on debt in the first place. If you didn't have that $120 payment, then guess what? That makes your life a whole lot easier. That makes these decisions, that gives you much more flexibility. But you did not have flexibility, and yet you still went in, in, like I said, you did an admirable thing. But just because you did an admirable thing doesn't mean it was a wise thing. And there's a big difference there because you just did not have that flexibility to do so. And for you to now be hiring a lawyer, you, you got to look yourself in the mirror, buddy. Again, I'm not, I'm not bad situations, but you get the point. I hope you get the point. It's been over 30 minutes. The point is, this is the real world comfort, you know, the, the consequences that can occur. You open up the door for these sorts of cir- circumstances to enter into your life. Cause you never know when, you know, health may pop up with you or with somebody else or you know fill in the blank of some sort of event that's just crappy that's just a oh wow yeah life happens type event and if you have debt out there especially the debt that it doesn't need to be there you know washer and dryer i suppose maybe maybe you can make an argument for it i don't think so but i'll i'll at least say maybe but an engagement ring no there is not a single argument in the world that I couldn't win because it's an easy argument to win, right? Listen, if she really loves you, she is not gonna, she doesn't need a ring right this time. It's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with, but you know, you know what, honey, you know what, honey buns? Down the line, when we get, when we get our feet underneath us, when we get a better financial plan in place, when we get these other debts out of the way, we get some positive cash flow. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind if you'd maybe go out there and, and pursue something at that point. That's totally understandable. I mean, it's it's not like my wife has a string tied around her finger, but I'll tell you right now, there is no way, there is no way that I would ever go into debt to buy her a piece of jewelry. But here's the key. She would agree with me. She would say, I'm glad to hear that because um, I will love you if even if you don't buy me jewelry and especially even if you don't go into debt to buy me jewelry. So, I mean, that is the one thing where, like I said, bad situation, crappy situation. Nobody wants to deal with something where, you know, you're, you're, somebody in your family gets diagnosed with cancer, but David, you totally brought that situation. You opened up that door in and of itself by bringing on debt for an engagement ring, for a totally materialistic item. So, but I, 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 I do hope David gets it all together. I hope Tanya gets it all together. But you as a listener, just this stuff, this is real life stuff. It can happen. But the common underlying theme here is what? The debt. So just don't go into debt. If you're in debt, like I said, you gotta put together a plan. If you need help with that plan, I can help you. But you gotta have a plan. You gotta have a method that's gonna help you get rid of that debt so you can kind of take back your life because these people do not have your life. If your phone is blowing up that many times, that is a terrible life to be living. That is a very annoying life to be living. It's not your life. Your life is being totally dominated by other people. And that's just, that's what debt can bring. You don't want that sort of stuff in your life. So I'm I'm curious, what are your thoughts on this? Was I too rough on these people? Am I a jerk? Maybe, maybe think, Clay, you went, you were too soft on them. You know, I post this on social media. You can leave something in the comment section, Twitter, I post it. 
I do have an Instagram. I mean, you can leave me a message on Instagram. Shoot me an email through the site, moneywithclay.com. I'm curious where you stand on this, but uh, more of the story, when you take on debt, these are the sorts of circumstances and situations that you open the door for potentially happening. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.